0: Will you join me in reading Psalm 103? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more." But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him, and His righteousness to children's children, to those who keep His covenant and remember to do His commandments. The Lord has established His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you His angels, you mighty ones who do His word, obeying the voice of His word. Bless the Lord, all His hosts, His ministers who do His will. Bless the Lord, all His works, in all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and for reminding us in this psalm of so many reasons to praise you. We are very thankful for the voices and instruments on the praise team that lead us in doing this every week. Help us to remember that no matter what happens in our lives, we can still find reasons to praise you as David did. Open our hearts and minds As we listen to Pastor Steve's message this morning, let his words be yours. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you guys. How's your brackets doing? Everybody doing all right out there? Not not so good. It's been crazy, crazy fun to watch. Uh, I have been sick this last few weeks, or not few weeks, no, few days. Uh, I had strep throat, still have strep throat. I'm not contagious, I don't believe. Uh, so if, if I'm a little bit off today, know that somebody didn't put something in my coffee. I'm just, I'm a little sick, okay? So today we're gonna kind of conclude our series in the book of Psalms. Uh, look, I'll just, I have loved, 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 standing right over there and listening to you guys read Scripture together. It's been a delight of my heart, something that we want to continue to do. We're probably going to take a break for a season, but when it makes sense, we're going to read Scripture together because we want to know God's Word because it informs our path in our lives. And so uh, we're going to end our series here in Psalms. It's been a 10-week journey where we've looked at the wisdom that Psalms has for us Uh, who wrote them. We've learned so much about the authors of this psalm, especially King David, whom we've given much attention to. Maybe you've grown in your understanding of yourself in relativeness to these psalms. Maybe you've grown in your knowledge of, of lots of other things. But what we mostly hope that is that you have grown in your understanding of who our God is. That is the most important thing to us is that you understand who our God is. And I think as a person, there is like this important process that we all go through that we try to figure out who we are. We spend some time discovering like our gifts and our talents, what things that we like and we don't like. That's an important process that we should always do. But, But to elevate that process to the point of the existence of life, I think, is dangerous. We, we don't believe that the self-discovery is, is the purpose of life, that ultimately the better understandings of our self will create our best reality. We just don't buy that. If you look at self-improvement, self-knowledge, it's a genre of books and literature and blogs. It's extensive and exhausting uh, in nature. But as believers in Christ, we, uh, we would agree that our, with our culture that there is something lacking in us. We believe that there is something that we need to be informed about, something that is unknown about us that we haven't discovered. We would just disagree where that knowledge comes from. We don't think enlightenment comes with ourselves in our wisdom figuring out our own stuff better. We believe that Enlightenment comes with knowing who our God is, because ultimately He is our creator, He is our designer, He has a purpose and a plan for us, and so we want to know more about Him, and that helps us to be informed more about ourselves. He has gifted us with this amazing ability to have a relationship with Him through Christ, and these Psalms have been rich in wisdom and understanding who our God is and how we worship Him, how we serve Him, and we want to build our identity on, on Him. And so today we're going to look at that Psalm 103, and, and we're going to end this series on, on a great note. This is a Psalm about blessing the Lord. We read some of this Psalm together this morning, but it, all of it is written, there's more to this Psalm, it's written in your bulletins, and we're going to look at the full text today today. Um, and, and do this together. And so this psalm is about blessing. So what does it mean to bless God? What does it mean to bless God? Like, we understand that, alright, I get blessed by God. I, I get the, uh, the relationship here. God gives me some good stuff. He kind of helps me in times of troubles. The blessing comes from Him, really, to me. How do I give blessings to God? A God that really... What does God need? He, nothing! He doesn't need us. He, he needs nothing. So how can I bless God? Do I have to wait for God to sneeze? To be like, God bless you. Is that how God bless you? No, obviously not. Thank you. I got some laughs first service. Nothing. Got nothing. I'll let you guys know this. Uh, I find it funnier if you don't laugh. Okay? I, I, this, my, my soul gets a little satisfied if people don't laugh at things. Uh, so just, I'm weird like that. How do we bless them? Well, blessing comes from our worship. It comes from our adoration. It comes from our honor. It is gratitude to the Father, an attitude of gratitude to the Father for all that He has done for us. That's a blessing, the Lord. It is acknowledging Him in His ways in what He has done for us. And that's what we want to really elevate today, acknowledging God having gratitude for the Father, for all that He's done for us. And so David starts out this psalm by saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name, and forget not all of His benefits. Not just my soul, David says, but all that is within me. All that within me. So everything in me, my thoughts and my words and my attitudes, my perspective, they, the, the David would say all of those things need to be informed and acknowledge the glory of God. All of that stuff, what he has done for me, expressing praise and gratitude to God for it. And then in, and in verse 2, he says, forget not all his benefits. Literally, that reads, Don't forget all his awards. There's a little difference in, not forget, in, in, in forgetting none and not forgetting all. That's what I love about David. He writes this for us human beings, he writes this in language that we can understand because here's the deal I forget where my keys are on a daily basis. We are going to forget things that God does for us, things that He has given to us. He says, Don't forget all all okay you're going to forget some don't forget all that he has done for you remember what he has done for you what does it say about a person that can't remember what somebody has done for them what would we describe them somebody who has been given much what would we describe somebody who's not thankful for that we would call them ungrateful david is asking us not to be ungrateful Uh, This week when I was sick, uh, so I had 103 degree temperature, like Wednesday, Thursday, and my wife, just my sweet wife, she just, she took care of me. She got me soup, filled up my water, mounds of blankets on top of me, she cleaned up after me, she was sweet to me, not to mention the two other kids in our house that were sick, she took care of them, cleaned our house, did the laundry, went to work for a day, Superhero do you know who forgot to thank her until they began to write this sermon? It was me. Ungrateful. I was ungrateful to her. There are studies that say that, that teaching our kids to say thank you is one of the toughest prompts that there is. That, that sometimes we can, our kids will say hi and bye easier than, than saying thank you for things. Maybe you parents can remember that. That, hey, say thank you. There's just something that's hard for us in being grateful. Something hard for us to be thankful. And we carry this over into our relationship with God. This ungratefulness. David lists all the things that God has done. He, he, he heals disease. And you may think that's interesting. He heals all disease is what it says. Is that true? Does he heal all disease? Well, David is speaking to his soul here. Oh, my soul. And yes, God heals all the diseases of the soul. All bitterness, rage, and envy, hatred. The Lord, His Spirit, slays those things. It makes us well spiritually. God removes old habits from us. He helps us to deal with some poor emotional intelligence from time to time. He battles with us in our addictions and our fears. He restores our souls does heal us. It says he redeemed us from the pit. How many of you here would by raise of your hand would say, I serve a God that raised me from the pit? Amen. He raised us from the pit. He, he came to us in a time of need. He, by his love and his grace and his mercy, he allowed us to travel about as far as we could travel to the end of our rope. And then what did he do? At the end of it, he came in, he swept in with his grace and his mercy and his love, and he rescued us. He has rescued us from the pits. But we forget. We forget what he has done for us. He restored our energy. It'd be like if you were on a cruise liner and you fell off and you went overboard and you had trouble swimming and and you were going to drown and, and somebody on the ship saw you and they took one of those beautiful life preservers and they threw it, just a perfect throw, sailed right to you, right at you and you grabbed onto it right before you lost consciousness and you squeezed and they pulled you back ashore or onto the boat and they let you rest and a crowd gathered And right as you kind of came back together, they were just kind of anticipating what you're going to say, you would say, you see what I did with that? I really grabbed onto that. Did you see the bicep that I had there? I I grabbed on that thing. Well, no, you would never do that, would you? You would never do that. Why? What would you say to them? You would say, "Who, who threw it? And what would you do? You wouldn't just thank them, you would embrace them. And they would say, that's too much, all right? Get off of me. You would just embrace them. You say, let's go out for dinner. Do you need a cabin upgrade? What do you need, man? You would be overtly grateful for what they have done. Because gratitude is a natural response to salvation. Gratitude is a natural response to salvation. It doesn't require coercement or encouragement to the extent of one's knowledge of how they were rescued and if they were rescued. Gratitude flows organically and abundantly from their hearts. Friends, don't forget you were pulled from the pit. You were pulled from the pit. He rescued us. And David pins this list to remind himself personally of what God has done in his life. But then he turns his pen towards the whole people of God. He says that he doles out righteousness and justice. He doles them out. He has made his way known to his people. He's made his character, who he is, known to his people. He says, talks about Moses. And when we read the Israelites, God reveals over and over who he is. But what do we see in the Israelites? Time and time again, they're foolish. They forget, they forget who he was. And they do silly things. We do silly things. And what do we see of our God? We see a God that is slow to anger, slow to anger, just overabundantly graceful with these people. And He's the same with us. Overwhelmingly, just abundantly graceful and loving towards us. It says that He doesn't deal with us according to our sin. What if He did deal with us according to our sin? Can you imagine? We don't want to imagine that world. He is graceful and he is good and he's slow to anger for his people. And David speaks of it. And so these are just a few big ideas, these grandiose things that David pins to speak about God's love for his people, what he has done for his people. And this list could be immensely longer. Actually, it is. David has two other psalms right after this with bless the Lord Almighty and talks about lots of other things that the Lord has blessed us with. This list could be longer and longer and longer. Let me just, let's just talk about what God has done here in two weeks. Do you know in two weeks that we've had two people have organ transplants successfully right here? Right here in this church. The average wait time for an organ transplant is 15 months. They waited a month. That's our God moving. We had three no cancers in two weeks in this church. It's the goodness of the Lord that shines upon us. But yet we forget, don't we? We forget. And so David chronicles all of these things of what God does for us. And he says, hey, look, dummy, Steve, remember what I have done, what God has done. You don't have much time. Honor him. Praise him because he's earned it. These verses in 15 and 16 that David writes have just been resonating in my soul. These verses that say, as for for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field for the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. Do you sort of get what David is saying? He's saying that life is short. A flower that is here in a moment and gone the next and that spot remembers it no more. But what does he say about the steadfast love of our Father? It is from everlasting to everlasting. And that word translates from vanishing point. It is like being in a Texas wildflower field and looking to your right as far as you can see, that is the vanishing point. And looking to your left as far as you can see, that is the vanishing point. And understanding that is the extent of God's grace and love and mercy for you. That depth, that is what his love is for us. But yet we want the flower. We would be more inclined to praise that flower. Which one sounds better? The flower or the whole field? I'll go with the whole field. Everlasting seems better to me. But this world, it seems like... Like, I don't know if you feel, it has a hypnotizing effect on us. We, we love what it brings. We love to get stuck looking at the grass. We praise the world for its resources and not our God. We forget. This past Monday, I did a funeral for a lady in this church named Jamie Coral. Jamie was 30 years old. Jamie died of complications to cancer surgery like that 30 years old we all believe that we are entitled to a certain number of days weeks, months and years but the Bible makes no such promises of our tomorrows we all kind of think that death is something that happens later, not now And sure, we can probably look back on our lives on some really foolish times where we thought, well, I probably should have died back then. Or or something happened and you probably should have died back then. But we're here. And very subtly, we have created this belief of invincibility. And we just move from one day to the next, trying just to, to make that day as nice as we can, as comforting as we can, pursuing ourselves, Looking at the world for all of its successes and not focusing on the things that we should. I, I rem- when I was, this, I'm not going to lie. This week, I hope I wouldn't lie, okay? I hope I wouldn't lie. Uh, when I was in the basement this week, uh, so a little, I have a, I have a little bit of a heart condition. Uh, it's not super serious, but I, I have a pacemaker, and so when I was sitting there with a 103 degree fever, my mind just started thinking like is this it? Like, Lord, <laughs> I don't, I'm 36 now. When I was 15 and I had strep throat, it was like, this is annoying. At 36, I'm now thinking, is this it? What, <laughs> how my world has changed. Uh, but I'm thinking, it, can, my, can my, this fever, Lord, I've had this for so long. Like, is this going to damage my heart? Is this going to, and then uh, my mind just went crazy. I don't, what, what Girls, Lord, what about the girls? What about, you know, Nikki. That's just ridiculous. But you know, I just out of refresher, we don't have a guarantee tomorrow. I'm here today, but tomorrow is not promised to us. In, in in Scripture, it says this in Psalm 90. It says that this to the Lord. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Does that mean we make a paper chain like we do at Christmas with the number of days of our life? I mean, just one at a time, rip them off. Oh, it's day one. It's good. No, that's not what it means. It means that we would understand that there is no promise of tomorrow and that we would live our lives today with purpose and with meaning. And that purpose and that meaning is about praising our King, showing gratitude and acknowledgement to the Father. That is what our days should consist of. And so it's important that we Are grateful that we acknowledge him because a relationship with God is not whole and it is not flourishing if it is not grateful if it is not acknowledging what God has done in our lives there is no flourishing in that relationship when I was at Ball State I remember standing in line to make a sandwich at this deli counter and in front of me were two young girls And they had the ash mark on their head, the the cross. And so I was young, and I didn't exactly know what that meant. Uh, But I know that it meant for Ash Wednesday. And if you don't know what Ash Wednesday is, Ash Wednesday is is something that's predominantly celebrated in the Catholic Church. But lots of Christian Protestant denominations celebrate it as well. In fact, it's actually growing within Protestant uh, denominations. And so Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of Lent. And Lent is like the season of preparation for Easter, that we would take a season. Some people give up stuff uh, for preparing their hearts for what Christ has done at Easter. And so I'm behind these, these ladies. They got this ash mark on their head, and they're, they're, they're making sandwiches. And here's what I knew at that point about Ash Wednesday. I knew that you couldn't eat meat. That's my knowledge of what it was. And so here I watched these young ladies pile cold cuts one at a time, on top of their sandwiches, and I thought, well, that's interesting. I don't know enough to say anything. What am I going to do here? And so I just watched. Piled it up, they got it done, and they began to move out of the way, and then, then one of these young ladies had an epiphany. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, she yelled what felt like at the top of her lungs and put her fist down on the tray, and she said, she said the Lord's name in vain. She just took the Lord's name in vain right there, and then she said, "That I can't eat meat." So the Lord's name in vain, I can't eat meat. And I was just, what just happened? Like that was like the craziest thing in the world. That, that she just, and she was said okay, and she just, I, I assume that she went away and ate her sandwich, which I understand. It's hard to give up meat. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that willingly, but but listen, I I don't want that to be you. I don't want that to be us. That it's just about a tradition that doesn't connect with our hearts, that doesn't connect with who we are. It's easy to walk in actions. It's harder to give our hearts. And to give our hearts away, we have to show praise and gratitude to the one that pulled us from the pit. And so that's what we are determined to do here at church. We don't want to be a church of people just going through the actions. We want to be a group of people who profess the name of our Savior with joy in our hearts for what he has done for us, that we continuously praise the King for what he continues to do in our lives. David wraps up this psalm by saying, Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty one, ones who do his words, obey the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And so David says, bless the Lord, all of you. All of you. Praise his name. Give glory to his name. And so that's what we want to do today. We want to praise his name. I think a great way for us to end this great time together here in the book of psalms is to spend some time remembering what the lord has done and brought us through in our lives and blessing his name here today and so what we want to do is we're going to give you a little space today in your bulletins just to take a few minutes here and to write out some things that the lord has done for you whether it be in the last two weeks, two years, or in your life, that you would spend time acknowledging God for who He is and what He has done in your life. So we want you to take some moments and write those things down. And here's what I would even challenge you with is to take those bulletins back home and put them on your refrigerator and you would remember and you would give praise to our King for what He has done. And so in a few moments, I'm going to pray. The band's going to come out. They're going to play kind of some simple music, write some praise, and then we're going to head into an extended time of worship here to end our time. That's why we kind of started with me a little earlier, so we could have a time of praise to our King, that we could bless His name, that we speak well of who He is, of what He has done in our lives, because it is so easy for us to be ungrateful, ungrateful. We walk our lives every day, and we don't acknowledge the good things that God does in our lives we need to take time for our hearts for our relationship with God to praise him to give gratitude to acknowledge him for what he has done he is worthy worthy of our praise so let's pray father we just come before you today and we give you gratitude and praise from our hearts For all that you've done, all that you have accomplished in our lives, the fact that you have pulled us from the pit, Lord, that you have rescued us, Lord, we praise you as a God of deliverance. We praise you as a God of healing. We praise you as a God of satisfaction, Lord. You have satisfied our souls. And so, God, let us be honest about our praises to you today. Let us sing joy to you today, Lord, and bless your name as we leave. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in your son, Jesus' amazing name. Amen.